My name is Chris Hargraves, and this is the Tips for Lawyers podcast, episode number 22. We are getting through the episodes now. I have a lot of background noise as I'm recording this, so the chances I'm going to get through it without a plane or a cat or some other form of noise are pretty slim, but I am going to do my best, and we'll just have to see how it comes out at the end. Today I wanted to talk to you about some network building strategies and fundamentals. And I wanted to do that for a few reasons, but principally the reason is this. Uh, One of the things that I don't think I did very well as a younger lawyer was starting to build my network right from the start. And I would really encourage you to, and that's actually the first thing I wanted to say as soon as we get into it, but standard administrative processes uh, before we leap into things today. The first is this, I would really appreciate five-star ratings and positive comments on iTunes. It does help. It helps me stand out in the rankings. It helps me come up in a few more search results, and it lets me know that you're actually enjoying episodes or the podcast. So if you can head over to tipsforlawyers.com slash iTunes, that'll take you straight to the iTunes link where you can leave a five-star rating. If you're listening to it on your phone, I expect there's a function for you to do that there too. So if you could take a moment and do that, I would really appreciate it. If you're getting something out of the podcast, then giving me that kind of encouragement is really helpful. The next is to remind you that if you haven't done it already, the Essentials Library is a free library of eight ebooks and six videos. They are webinar videos. You can listen to them in audio format if you prefer. And they are there to help you ground yourself in the fundamentals of legal practice. So if you're wanting to get going on some fundamental skill building processes and don't have any money to spare, then the Essentials Library is for you. It is a great starter. It is a great way of getting yourself really familiar with the fundamental aspects of legal practice, at least so far as I see them, and it'll give you some basic building blocks that you can go on and start to expand upon once you get to the stage where you're ready to do that. So it's a free resource. Head over to tipsforlawyers.com essentials and that will get you the relevant information you need to learn a bit more about it and the sign-up page where you can register and get access to all of those resources straight away. Now, like I said, this is episode 22, which means you will find the show notes and anything I refer to in this podcast at tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 22. That's 2-2. And there you will find anything you need. I will hyperlink anything, hopefully, that I remember after the podcast and I mention it. Uh, So let's get into it. Building your network. Before I gave you some strategies to actually build your network, what I wanted to do was actually start with the most fundamental thing, Um, and that is this. No matter what your seniority, no matter how junior you are, no matter how inadequate you feel in terms of networking, and if you do, you need to go and listen to my imposter podcast, which I'll put a link to. It was an earlier episode. Don't remember the number at the moment, but I'll link it up in the show notes. So go and listen to the imposter podcast and allay your concerns in that respect. But no matter how junior you are, there is never a time where you should not be building your network. Now, over time, the way in which you build your network may change. The people you are networking with may change. The strategies you use may change. But the habits you develop now 
are the ones that are going to stay with you throughout your entire career. And if you start building your network early, then you will also be able to be building your network all the way through your career and it will only do good things for you. The contacts you make now, the relationships you develop now, the things you manage to establish now will have long-term effects. So no matter how junior you feel or how junior you are, there is no excuse for not building your network. And I say that uh, with a certain amount of chagrin because it is something that I didn't do well as a junior lawyer. And looking back, if I'd started a decade ago, I would be in a much better position now. I would have a much bigger network now. And frankly, I wouldn't be having to put as much work in now to do what I'm doing. So start now is the message and don't hold back. Start now, get going. Uh, I actually posted an article recently and I'll link it up uh, where I put in a few comments, but also an embedded version of a video from Gary Vaynerchuk called One is Greater Than Zero. And so when I talk about the way in which you should be building your network, just remember this, doing something is almost better, almost always better than doing nothing. So if you're building a contact with one person, you don't know where they're going to be in five years or 10 years or 20 years. But if you're developing relationships each day or each week or each month consistently all the time, then it will be better for you. Don't Tell yourself, oh, because I can't get into a meeting with a CEO of BHP or, you know, the Fortune 500 company that I want to get into to have a chat with the person who runs the board of directors, you know, that kind of thing is firstly ridiculous and secondly, it's going to paralyze you and leave you unable to actually accomplish anything. So don't tell yourself you're too junior. Don't tell yourself that you can't get in touch with the right people and don't tell yourself that you'll start later once you're a bit more senior, because you know what, you'll be telling yourself that forever. The next thing I wanted to do was just touch briefly on what it is you're actually trying to do, because I think a lot of young lawyers don't quite understand, and for that matter, a lot of senior lawyers don't quite understand exactly what it is you're doing when you're networking with people and when you're building these relationships. Because lawyers have a great foundation in this area, but it's one that they frequently don't understand the underlying concepts of. What you are doing when you attend networking functions, when you collect business cards, when you engage in networking activities, and when you generally expand your influence and your reach, what you are doing is gaining permission. Now, there's a fantastic book by Seth Godin here called Permission Marketing, which I will link up in the show notes. Look it up, have a read so you understand the concepts better because this is not going to be an entire podcast about permission marketing. However, this is going to be something that you need to understand. What you are getting is permission. It's permission to pick up the phone and contact someone. It's permission to ask them a question. It's permission to see if they want to catch up for coffee. It's permission to offer some benefit to them to give them an article, to write something helpful for them, to ask them a question that they might be able to help you. That's what you're building when you're expanding your network and as you develop relationships. It is an expounding of the concept of permission. Now, permission marketing is a far more complex subject, but simply compare these two things. You get a call out of the blue from an accountant. 
the accountant wants to offer. You've never heard of them, uh, but they call you out of the blue because they picked up your uh, name somewhere off some sort of internet list that they purchased uh, from your credit card company, probably. And they decided to give you a call because they saw you were a lawyer and they said, hey, I noticed you're a lawyer. How would you like us to do your accounting for you? Of course, you're going to do what almost everyone else does and you're going to hang up. Or you're going to tell them, no thanks, not interested. Or you're going to say, where did you get my number and why on earth are you calling me, you strange person? Now, that's because they didn't have permission. Compare that to the accountant that you met at a networking function. You exchanged business cards, you had a glass of wine or something, and you had a chat, you got to know each other, uh, you remembered them, you followed up with an email. If you were to call that person or they were to call you, then there's no longer that inherent lack of permission. So rather than being interrupted, the call would be more welcome. You know who they are, you know what they do, and depending what they say after they pick up, you may or may not hang up on them anyway, but uh, there's a very different reaction right from the outset for people from whom you have permission and to whom you've given your permission. So think of it in those terms. What you're doing is paving the way to build permission to make an offer to that person at some time in the future or to give them value, to offer them a job. That's what they're probably doing with you. If it's in professional circles, then by and large, they have a tendency to work by a reciprocal arrangement of generosity. You will give each other work. You will refer people who you think are an appropriate match for that person's talents or personality or work or whatever. So think of it in terms of permission when you're networking. And that is what you're building. And that is a long-term project, which is why I encourage you to start now. Building permission is a long-term project. So when you're thinking about it in those terms, your level of permission at the outset might be very, very low. It might simply be, can I have your business card? Yes. But then over time, after you've emailed them a couple of times or caught up for a coffee or had some sort of further development of that relationship with that person, the level of permission grows. Maybe it will come to you being able to invite them specifically to something or vice versa. Maybe it will come to the point of you sending a client in their direction or vice versa. Maybe they will call you to ask you legal questions as their preferred person because they know you get along well, they know you're clever, they know you what area of law you work in and therefore you have that inherent sense of permission that they can call you to ask those questions. And that sort of relationship is what you're looking to develop. You want to be the person they think of when it comes to topic X. Now, topic X is too widely varying and I can't actually specify it because it doesn't, it it depends where you work and what you do. Of course, there's lots of other variables involved. So building your network is a way of expanding how many people you have permission to call And how many people have permission to call you? It is a two-way arrangement, networking. So you need to understand that as well. So having laid the groundwork, and really I've only made two fundamental points so far, and that is firstly, start now. And secondly, understand the underlying concept that you are trying to build your level of permission with as wide a variety of people as possible. The next question, and most obvious one, is how do you actually go about building your network. And look, there are plenty of resources available for you to do this kind of thing. So 
I'm really just going to mention a few most fundamental ways in which you can build your network, you can meet new people, and you can expand your level of permission with certain people. And the first is this, as a young lawyer, you're going to be prone to emailing people, and I want to encourage you to get out of that habit and into the habit of calling people on the phone. The level of intimacy of a phone call compared to that of an email is significantly different. You will develop relationships faster and better. You will be able to read people better and react better and sympathize better and understand them better if you make more phone calls. Now, I'm not saying things shouldn't be confirmed in writing. I know as prudent legal practitioners, we're going to confirm things in writing. But if you have news to deliver, if you have an opportunity to call someone on the phone, then take that opportunity rather than emailing. I know this is something that many people don't like to do, but I encourage you to do it anyway. Phone calls are going to make your network stronger than emails, than letters. It doesn't mean you won't do those. It just means you'll have the phone call at some point in the process. The next tip I had for you is to volunteer for something. Now, this is a little bit of a uh, a catch-22. I don't necessarily want you to volunteer for something for the sake of building your network. Okay, I am not in favor of people volunteering for causes they don't actually care about. But frankly, if you can't find a cause that you care about, then you need to do a little bit of soul searching and find out why you can't find a charity that you care about. There are so many charitable causes out there. And if you don't have one, start one. Uh, That's what I did. My wife and I started a charity about 15 years ago now. And it is still running. And that was a cause we care about and we still do. We're less involved. But there are many opportunities to volunteer for something I want to say this as well. It does not need to be in a legal field. If you go back to my podcast on uh, job interviews, where I rant a little bit about how so many job applicants are simply clones of each other, and I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Listen to that. I talk a little bit about volunteering there. I've also actually written an article about volunteering now that I think about it, so I'll put that in there as well. So I'm not encouraging you to volunteer for the cynical reason of building your network, but it will have that effect. You will meet more people. At the very least, you will be expanding your network of people that you know, that you can call upon, that get along with you, and they will be thinking about you in a positive way, which is pretty important when it comes to networking. If the only contact you have with people is while you're suing them or acting on their behalf while they're suing someone, that's not exactly the most positive experience. So if you can get to know a variety of people from a variety of walks of life, then you will have a greater degree of ability to develop rapport and relationship, and that in itself is worthwhile. Ignoring, of course, the fact that volunteering for many causes is a worthwhile endeavor in and of itself. So go and volunteer for something. I'm sure you can find the time. If you're not doing it already, just look up a directory of causes. Google charity for thing, whatever thing is that you happen to be interested in volunteering for. I'm sure you can find something, but don't necessarily make it a legal thing just because that's all you can think of. Um, I mean, do it if you're really passionate about it, but I'm sure you can think a bit more outside the box than that. Third tip for today is to collect business cards. Uh, Don't be afraid to ask people for business cards. Most professions still have business cards. If they don't have a business card, then I'm sure you can ask them if you can connect on LinkedIn Go back to my social media podcast if you're worried about uh, which social media platform you should be using. 
the quick version is LinkedIn. Get on LinkedIn, do your profile properly and start building contacts that way. So business cards, once you've got someone's business card, hook up with them on LinkedIn as well. It's not that hard. You ask for the business card, you say, hey, I've got a business card here. Do you mind if I give it to you? Do you have a business card I could have as well? I might give you a call in the next few days. Not difficult, right? The next one is this follow up after you've made a connection with someone. One of the biggest thing that happens is for young lawyers, they attend lots of functions where they meet lots of people. But as a general principle, they don't follow up on them. It's not hard. You don't need to sound like a textbook or a marketing book. And I've had people do that. It's infuriating and they come across as robots rather than individuals. However, within a few days or a week of meeting someone in person who you feel uh, wasn't hugely irritating and you could develop some sort of relationship with and it's worthwhile developing that relationship, then give them a call or shoot them an email if you must, although see my earlier point about that. Give them a call and say, hey, it was great to meet you the other day. I wondered if you wanted to catch up for coffee. Coffee is not an expensive endeavor and it will give you a chance to have a little bit more of a talk with that person to see if that's the kind of relationship that you are interested in developing further. Find out a bit more about what they do. Tell them a little bit more about yourself. It's not a sales pitch. It's a relationship. Don't think of it in terms of sales. If you go in with that asking them to send you work, you're not going to get any and they'll never have another coffee with you again. Develop relationship. The time will come to do the sales pitch, but it's not then. One of the things I think people don't tap into well is their existing network to hook them up with other people. Now, generally, this is going to be for people that you know fairly well, for people that you've developed good relationship with, and for people that you trust uh, and understand fairly well. But why not ask them to introduce you to someone? Maybe it's someone in their field, maybe it's a client of theirs, but if they trust you and you trust them, then your existing network is also a good source of referrals, and if you don't ask them, some people simply won't think of it. So don't be afraid to say, hey, I noticed you guys did some work with such and such, I've been keen to meet someone there, is there anyone there you could, you know, get together with, we can catch a coffee or, you know, go for a run or whatever it is that you have in common with those people. Don't be afraid to ask for introductions. The worst case scenario is they will say, no, look, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. And there you have it. That's not a terrible thing. They just don't feel comfortable doing it. You might sometimes say that as well. But you can start the ball rolling there by offering to introduce them to some of your network as well. This is about building relationship and building trust and building permission, remember? The more generosity and trust you show, the more you will get in return. That sort of reciprocity is what happens in these kinds of environments. Now, the last one I wanted to mention for today, for young lawyers in particular, and if you're in a firm of any size, I know it will be slightly less relevant if you're in a small firm, but don't forget your internal relationships. There are any number of ways in which you should be developing relationships internally, but in particular, I'm obviously thinking about professional staff. I'm thinking about your relationships with people in other areas who are likely to refer to you work or ask you questions, or at some point be deciding promotions. Uh, So don't forget your internal networking. If you're a litigator, and that's what I do, and it's a particularly difficult area to market in, because it's not like you can walk up to people in the street and say, hey, are you thinking of suing anyone for a breach of contract sometime soon? If so, here's a business card. That's not going to work. 
So a lot of referral comes actually out of people who you've invested the time in, developed the relationship with, but also internally because your other groups within your firm will be having matters. And I'm sure if you've worked in litigation, then you've noticed that, but it works vice versa as well. Uh, We generally refer work out when things happen that result in things needing property transfers, business sales, taxation advice. The groups within a firm should be operating with that kind of synergy and that kind of cohesiveness. But if you're a firm of any size, you'll have noticed that there are some people who get more internal referrals than others. Why do you think that is? They are the people who've taken the time to invest in building the relationships around the firm. They are the ones who are trusted, who are good to work with, who deliver value and who people can trust with their clients. And that's what you need to do in terms of your internal referrals. So look, there's a few possible ideas for you. There's the underlying basics. I wanted to give you that sort of primer, but I don't want you to get caught up in the detail. I just want you to be doing something. Check out those links tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 22 and you will be able to start building your network in no time if you just start diligently applying yourself to it. I look forward to hearing your results. I look forward to seeing you soon. That has been Tips for Lawyers podcast episode 22 and I'll see you next time.